101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Could the Chinese play a part in the Ezekiel prophecies? We'll answer that question as we look at accusations of dehumanization, no confidence rhetoric, a superstar heretic, and everything in between. Life isn't always what it seems, and we'll learn why as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, February 16th, 2024. Life doesn't always go according to plan, does it? So our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, helps you plan for life's unexpected and expected events. For a no-obligation quote, you can call them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Hey, you can plan on enjoying Signs of the Times anytime. You can hear us, see us, or share us, ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question, or subscribe to our podcast. When you visit thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And if you're a TV person, you can get the Way Media app on Apple TV, Roku TV, and now on Amazon Fire TV and Google TV as well. And now... Here to ask why they put Braille on drive-up ATMs is Pastor Mark, whose wife recently asked him why he doesn't make her breakfast in bed. He told her, that's because you make breakfast in a kitchen, not in a bed, silly. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. No, I get it. That's but good. that's the literal you that I could see you. It is. But I mean, again, it's through your intros. Oftentimes are even better to me than I like the Braille thing. Because you, you look at the signs on the door, you know, the seeing, no, no, no dogs allowed except seeing eye dogs. And I'm yes. like, who's that for? Who's that for? How do they know? That's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, again, but that's a great point. Um, and so. The truth is always odd. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so is the news we're going to talk about yes, this week is. as well. Unless you know the word. Unless you know the word. All right, as we go to Israel, we go to Israel 365 News. This is dated February 15th. Five small red cows that rocked the world. Now, we've talked about the red heifers before, but Pastor Mark has some new information for us to share. Well, a new viewpoint from it. Yeah, let me read the article. Again, we're getting close to this red heifer. They're going to sacrifice it soon and have the ashes and... Once they have those ashes, they're going to want to do something with them. Again, look what it says. According to the Mishnah, the written version of the Jews' oral teachings, which is not the word of God, and I don't give a lot of credence there, although there's some things from it that you can learn. Uh, it's not the word of God. The red heifer sacrifice has only been performed nine times. So historically, I think you could probably count on some of the things. So nine times in history, uh, the people provide ashes through that for consecration. The ashes from the red heifer are needed to dedicate the third temple. Now, there's the key. Keep in mind, third temple. The red heifer must be without a spot or blemish. The Bible tells us in Numbers 19, there's a prophecy in the Mishnah stating that when the 10th red heifer appears, it is a sign that the temple will be restored. Now, again, that's not the Bible. That's the Mishnah. Uh, however, it is interesting. 10 is the number of divine order. And now they're coming up on the 10th uh, heifer here, if you will, the ashes. At this time in the Middle East, the Temple Mount is in dispute with Arabs. Fearing they may lose control over it, a Hezbollah spokesman stated the reason that they started this war is because Israel brought five red heifers to Israel to build the temple on the Temple Mount. Now, so, here's the bottom line with the red heifers. You only need one. And the reason that the uh, Muslim world is so disturbed is because they know that they're bringing this red heifer in. They're bringing it in, Greg, because they want to use it. 
And so they're going to sacrifice this perfect red heifer anytime now. It's anytime within the next, I think, two or three weeks is what I'm hearing. It has to be a certain age. And when they do that, they now have the ashes, as we said. And what they do with the ashes is, Levitically, for the law, you put those ashes in water on the Temple Mount. The rabbis wash with the water with the ashes of the perfect red heifer. And it makes them Levitically, or we would say religiously in America, religiously clean. Ceremoniously clean. Yeah, ceremonially clean. Which means now they can officiate in the Temple on the Temple Mount. Problem. There's no Temple. You know what's going to happen. When you give them everything they need for the temple, they're going to want to build it. You know, um, you know, if you get everything that anyone needs, Greg, to do something, but they don't, for example, you get your kid, he wants to play football. You buy him shoulder pads, a football, cleats, a helmet, everything, everything he needs, he's ready to go. Then he's going to have an expectation that at some point he's going to be able to put that on and play ball. That's exactly what's happening right now in Israel. They, they realize we've got the red heifer. We'll have the ashes. It's almost time to play ball. Why can't we play ball? We need a place to play ball. We need our third temple. Well, the Muslim world's watching that. They see that they're not stupid. They recognize, okay, they're they're getting everything together. They know they've been training priests. They know they've been building the implements uh, there for the temple because they've been displaying them in Jerusalem now for many years. I personally have seen them. They've been hewing the stones. Yes, they've been, they've, been, they've been doing everything, getting everything ready, Greg. I mean, it's even doing pre-sacrifices. They've been doing the last few years. They've sacrificed a lamb on a Passover in the old city. Now, they couldn't get to the Temple Mount. But in the Jewish quarter, they're, they're sacrificing a lamb. The priests that have been trained, yeah. getting ready, okay? So everybody sees what's coming. It's like the clouds are gathering, and rain is predicted, okay? At some point, the rain's going to start falling. Now, they see that. And what really kind of heated this up, because you had a good question for me, you know, why why bring this up again? We've talked about this because we talked about it recently, but what you're seeing happen is, is that, remember, we had revealed recently in one of our other articles, it came out that part of the reason they said they attacked on October 7th, that is Hamas coming in and attacking the Jews there in southern Israel, was because they were trying to prevent the Third Temple, a push for the Third Temple on the Temple Mount. And part of that, they said, pertains to the red heifer now being ready to be sacrificed. They are nervous. They see everybody getting everything they need to do it, and now they're trying to stop it. So basically, everything is ready with the exception of the the missing ashes. Pretty much, yes. They can take off, except they got the ashes. They're good to go. Now, again, of course, you have to have a place to sacrifice. You've got to have... Right. So now here's the the crazy news, or encouraging, I guess, whatever you call it, Um. They can start the sacrifices without the temple being built. The, right. the law allows that. They can build the altar and start the sacrifices. So many have said they're going to do that as they're building the third temple. And prophetically, we know that's going to happen, right? Yes, I mean, the it, Bible already says that that's going to happen, It would appear correct? in Daniel, yes, yes. It would appear in Daniel that before that third temple is completed, they've been sacrificing for 220 days. So that means they're going to have an altar up there on the temple mount. Now, that's right around six months. So with that said... Um, also, in the Jewish writings, not in the Bible, but in the Jewish writings, and it's either the Midrash or the Mishnah or one of those, um, they say that before the third temple is is built, they will be sacrificing and making offerings in the tabernacle, once again, the tent on the Temple Mount. That's what they're they're saying is going to happen or has to happen first. So it might be a combo. It might be they set up the the uh, you know the altar. And maybe set up a temporary tent out of the way of where they're building so they can literally go into a place where they offer the animals and the priests operate and come in and out outside with that. So they may have a tip, a tabernacle set up in that area up there before they even go in. So you can see why they're, they're, this big battle's going on. We'll get to more article, another article yeah. here in a bit. But I want to uh, continue this thought here on this for a second about the, the Dome of the Rock and, and the actual land up there. Yeah. A lot of people go, and even the Jews today say, well, wait a minute. The Dome of the Rock's there. That's where our temple was. And so we need to tear that down first, or God needs to tear it down, or there needs to be an earthquake or some natural thing. It's got to be gone, because that's where we have to build our third temple. Now, could that happen? Yes. Do I believe it will? No. I think it's going to remain. And I think even if it was torn down, I think if there was an earthquake and it was torn down, they wouldn't give that property up, I don't think. But here's what many people need to realize. Right to the side of it is a gigantic open area, easily could build the temple on, um, where you could have the temple and the Dome of the Rock right there side by side. And all you'd have to do, again, is just keep them separate, put a wall down the middle. We've talked about that in the past, or whatever the case might be, dividing the holy from the unholy, as it talks about. 
And um, and so you could build your their third temple. Now, the Jews are saying, yeah, but it's got to be where the Dome of the Rock is because that's where the temple was. I don't believe it is where the temple was. Now, I'm no archaeologist. I am a archaeologist. And when I walk that area over there, I do know they have found the foundations of the original Eastern Gate. And we know where they are. The new Eastern Gate that is bricked up or stoned up or walled up, it's literally on top of the foundation of the old Eastern Gate. How do we know that? From excavations underneath. They found them. They're down there. They know where the Eastern Gate, the Eastern Gate foundations are. Okay, now, the Bible says that the priest could stand inside the temple, okay, in the doorway, and look straight out through the Eastern Gate, straight through there and see it. That's, that's the description of their own writings, okay? You can't do that from the Dome of the Rock. If you go to the Dome of the Rock and you try to look toward the Eastern Gate, it is over to your left. At it's kind of angled. A, yeah, it's kind of catty corner to your left. You cannot look through it. And say, as a matter of fact, they say that they could look through the Eastern Gate, from the temple, through the Eastern Gate, and where they would sacrifice, again, the, the heifer for the ashes up there. And by the way, there is a piece of property owned right on the other side of the eastern uh, ancient Eastern Gate up there that they could do the sacrifice. There's also, my understanding is, another piece of property that's owned by Jews that's right across from the Dome of the Rock. So you've got both places they could go and sacrifice the, the, the heifer and burn it and get its ashes. So you've got both spots t- ready to go. But either way, if you go back to their, their ancient writings, it, it only fits in one place. Now, I don't know what they say about this. I've not read what their opinions and their writings are about this, Greg. But the only thing that I can see from their own writings and from the location of what's going on literally right now on that Temple Mount, there's only one place you can build it, and it perfectly fits the description of the Jewish sages as to where it was. Right there in that big open area to the north of uh, the Dome of the Rock. And you look straight out, the, the gate is right in front of it there, the eastern gate. We know the foundations are below it, and right up there on the Mount of Olives where they could sacrifice the heifer. So I believe it's going to be built right there. And I think when they find, when the dust settles in this negotiating stuff, they're going to have their place ready to go without having to remove anything. And that's currently where that portico is or whatever that's that they refer to as the Dome of the Spirits. That's right. There's this mysterious dome back there toward the back called the Dome of the Spirits. My understanding is they don't know why it's called that. It was passed down. But I believe that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. I believe that is... The most holy of holies. I believe that's where the holy of holies was. I believe the Ark was sitting right Right there. there. And so it became known as the Dome of the... It became known as the place of the Spirit of God, the Spirit. So now it's been the Dome of the Spirits, if you will, over time. Only God knows. But the point is... This whole dispute about we have to get rid of the Dome of the Rock, I think it's going to be an overnight thing that's going to suddenly change where they realize, okay, we don't have to do it there. Either they're going to say, well, even though it was there, we'll settle for here. Or it might be with new discoveries. They go, you know what? We were all wrong. And a big announcement comes out. The Dome, I mean, the, 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 the Temple was here, and here's why, and blah, blah, blah. So you're going to see, I believe, in the negotiations, possibly with this war going on right now in Gaza, um, they're trying to, and I don't think we have an article on this, so I can I can share it. They're looking for a moment. If I do, we'll, we'll say it again. Please forgive me. I cover some of the articles. Yeah. But President Biden has said he's looking for a lull in the fighting. We had talked about this before the show, but I don't. But think we have articles. I don't think. So let me go ahead and share. Maybe. It. Maybe. Yeah. If it does, we'll cover it again. Yeah. But this is important to bring in. Yeah. His goal is if if there's a lull in the fighting, if he can get them to do a peace agreement, even a temporary one, he has stated he's going to, he's working right now with Saudi Arabia and others to have a uh, an implementation of a Palestinian state where they'll say, okay, now there's a break. Here's Palestine. We gave you a state, and America. They said they're going to recognize it. The president's going to say we recognize Palestine as a state within the nation of Israel, and they're basically going to create a country within a country. Israel will reject it, but the world's going to accept it, and it's going to bring more and more heat and pressure down on Israel. They'll eventually either have to give in or something. And I think, Greg, very possibly, this could be the future part of the negotiations toward that temple, because if they declare that, Israel won't give in, and it's going to be, look, what do we have to do to make you guys give in? You're so stiff-necked and stubborn. What do we have to do? Well, there might be one possibility. But what's that? Give us a place to build our third temple. No way! We'll not give you one inch on the temple mat. Well, then we're not giving you Palestine. Well, you have to give us Palestine. No. And you're going to see both sides, I think, stand there and say, we will not budge. And yet, whether it's done by people in advance or whether it's done by the Antichrist, somebody's going to negotiate, I think, a deal to say, all right, you can have your Palestinian portion. You can have your portion of the temple mount. No, both sides are unhappy, but both sides are happy. We had to compromise. Here we go. And it may be something implemented 
by the Antichrist as he brings it in. And so this is why, again, the red heifer is such a huge, huge deal. And I think that once this sacrifice is made and these ashes are presented, Greg, I think you're going to start hearing calls, verbal calls. I think we'll see articles saying it's time to build the third temple because everybody's ready and they're ready to play ball. They've got everything they need. They just got to somebody show up, blow the whistle and say, players take the field. They got to flip that coin. And, 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 and basically divide things up and get rocking and rolling. I think we're about to see it. Okay. Speaking of the Battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39, this is from MSN.com. Russia and Iran launch strike on Tel Aviv. A glimpse into Chinese disinformation yeah. on Israel. Yeah, so they, let's talk about this. Well, the headline tells us yes. it's fake news. Fake news. It is fake news. Russia and Iran have not lost a strike, but Chinese dim, uh, disinfo, uh, the, this is from the world. This is not the church saying this. Right. But notice how they link together Russia and Iran in making some strike against Israel. That's going to happen. But this, the point is now it's just a fake and it's AI, but it's showing you how we can be deceived. I think when, you know, Greg, when AI really kicks in full throttle, how will we ever know what's real and what's not real? Even with videos, they can, I mean, it's going to get, I want to say this to the believers. There's going to be nothing we can 100% guarantee on here very soon except the Bible. You can't, the news, you won't be able to, to everything's going to be in question. All you're going to be able to do is grab onto your Bible and say, here's what God says is going to happen. So if it lines up with that, we probably have something true. If it doesn't line up with that, it's something false. And so we have that plumb line. That's good. We have yeah. something to keep it in order. But notice the article says dozens of fake YouTube channels have pushed out hundreds of AI dubbed videos about everything from the Gaza war to microchips, all with the goal of aiding Beijing, even at Israel's expense. I, and I quote, shock after Israel launches a surprise attack against Israel's capital with a series of airstrikes in Tel Aviv in a surprising act of solidarity with the Palestinians in Gaza. Okay, that's false. Make sure everybody knows that. But it said, again, uh, a report was posted online New Year's Eve. They're, they're, they're using AI to do this. 24 hours later, a second video that included stock images that looked as if they were taken from a tourist video about Tel Aviv claimed that it was actually Iran and Russia that had launched an attack on Israel. The reports were both 12 minutes long. Both were posted on a tech show YouTube channel. They even said that Israel issued an official statement after shocking, a, a shocking surprise attack, saying they reserved the right to retaliate. And the U.S. has now condemned the attack, which was shocking the Middle East and international communities. The video and reports were, of course, completely false. Part of a foreign influencing campaign that was exposed by a French newspaper, Le Monde. <laughs> the campaign is called Shadow Play and is part of a known and extensive network that was exposed by Australian researchers who estimate it is operated and uh, operated to promote interest in China. The network, which also has been active since 2022, includes at least three, 30 different YouTube channels, which have posted over 4,500 clips with 120 million views. Now, again, this is just the beginning. We're not we're not seeing the real, you know, AI stuff take place. This is going to get crazy. Crazy, crazy. And I'm telling you, saints, you the only, go to the Word, hold your Bible, look at the news through your Bible. You're not going to know what's true and false any other way. And it's going to get really tricky lately. I, I, again, the hard thing is I think we're going to see a lot of people taken down by fake videos. Mm-hmm. Um, you can attack anybody you want and make it look like they're doing something they didn't do. And you can always keep that question there because you can say, well, yeah, well, you say it's a fake video, but how do we know it didn't really happen? Or, I mean, it is. it is – this is just – um, a disaster waiting well, to happen. It's going to get very interesting. We'll know by the chip in your hand or your forehead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's come back to America for those of you brave enough to do so. And we go to Breitbart.com, an article dated February 7th, talking about Anthony Blinken accusing Israel of trying to, quote-unquote, dehumanize Palestinians. I'm so sick of this, Greg. I'm so sick of it. What they do is, is they don't come out and, and just straightforward accuse them, but they drop these, they say these things in such a way that it makes it look like the person is guilty, okay? And, and when one is completely innocent and the other guilty, the, the Jews are simply defending themselves. Now, guys, remember, before I even get in this article, let's recap, especially if you're new to Signs of the Times. And we get new viewers each week, I know that. But note this. There's a pattern that always takes place. It has since Israel's been back in the land since 1948, okay? Here's the pattern. It's a repeated pattern. Israel gets attacked, unprovoked. They just get attacked, and then they retaliate to defend themselves, and the world says, okay, that's good. We agree with you. You needed to defend yourself. 
And that lasts for a little while, but they, they don't want the Jews to completely take care of the job. In other words, to get rid of all the bad guys. It's like, okay, you got a few bad guys, now stop. No, 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 you need to let them get rid of all the bad guys so it doesn't happen again. But they always intervene and say, no, you've done enough. It's not proportional. That drives me crazy. This whole proportional thing, look, it's proportional. You give us the same amount of women and they rape them and break their bones and kill them. Do you give the same amount of babies and put them in ovens? Do you get the same amount of people and cut their heads off? Is that proportional? See, this whole proportional argument drives me nuts. It's ridiculous. No, here's proportional. Go get the bad guys. Anybody that's done wrong, get rid of them. That's proportional. So whatever that takes, okay, however long it takes. But it's that same pattern now. They come in, and then they say, no, stop it, stop it. You're doing, you've done too much, you've done too much, and they don't want to stop. And over the years, Israel has capitulated. They've, okay, they stop, they stop, they stop. This time, I think maybe for the first time ever. I think for the first time ever. They have not yet yeah. capitulated. They say, look. They cross the line now. We're not stopping. Even the mighty America saying, you've got to quit. No, we're going to finish the job. And you see this pattern. And then, and then you see now, Greg, because they're not going to capitulate, the world is going to turn more and more against them, even as prophesied in Zechariah. Zechariah and Matthew 24 says, in the last days, the entire world will turn against the nation of Israel and attack them. And so the way it happens is, this is the crazy thing. When you see these kind of accusations, notice how he throws this in. It says, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the shocking accusations late Wednesday night during a press briefing in Israel's capital. Remember, Israel's done nothing wrong. They're defending themselves. And he said that Israel is dehumanizing the Palestinians in Gaza because of the humanitarian toll of the war in Gaza. Let me just say this again before I finish the article. Whenever there's war, there's going to be casualties that you wish weren't there. That's called war. That's why they say war is hell. Nobody wants the innocent hurt. Nobody wants anybody. But this is a result of war. And number two, the numbers that are coming in, Greg, supposedly of those that have been killed, they're all coming from Hamas. Hamas is giving the numbers. We can't trust Hamas. They're proven liars. Well, I would ask Anthony Blinken this question. Uh, would you go back to World War II and write this headline that the American troops are dehumanizing the Nazis? Bingo, bingo, because you don't happen because we're attacking till we defeat them, and innocent civilians are being killed. So therefore, the Americans are dehumanizing. It is nonsense. It's angering. Let me go into the article. Israelis were dehumanized in the most horrific way on October seventh. Blinken says the hostages have been demonized every day since, um, but that cannot be a license to dehumanize others. So what he's saying, and nobody said there. Of course yeah. you can't. Of course it's not a license to dehumanize others. Of course. But by saying that, here's what he's saying. What's his definition of dehumanization? Well, even that, yeah, but even to me that doesn't matter at this point. What he's saying is, he's saying the Jews are doing that. He's making an accusation saying, but when you say that question, now you're saying they are dehumanizing. They are not. They are defending themselves. Okay. When he I opened, when he this, opened up uh, that statement... And he said that the Palestinian or Hamas had dehumanized the Israelis. Right. Isn't that what he said? He said, he said yes, he said the... On uh, October no, 7th. He just, said, yeah, he just said the Israelis have been dehumanized, but, okay. we know, but we know that it was Hamas. Okay. He didn't say okay. that, but we know it. Okay, so if you take a look at what's, what happened on October 7th, right. and that's how you are defining dehumanization right then what he's basically doing is yes. he's accusing the jews of doing what hamas to, to the, same palace, thing. the same thing that what happened on october 7th and that is the the biggest lie that there ever could be it is so absurd listen when israel has carried out this war they're just trying to get the bad guys it's been the most warned attacks you'd ever seen in world history it's yes. been the most accurate targeted attacks in world history and the re- the, re- the reality is people are going to die that's that's war okay nobody likes it but it's a reality. When you get attacked, you defend yourself. People die. Uh, and, and, and certainly we want no innocents to die. Again, that's, they're, they're trying to manipulate Greg by, by doing yes. this whole thing. Now, again, he says he did not provide any evidence that Israel has been dehumanizing the Palestinians, but simply seemed to suggest that the suffering of the Palestinian civilians um, who, had, who had nothing to do with the attacks on October 7th was a form of dehumanization. He said, we cannot, we must not lose sight of our common humanity. Now, yeah, okay, right. This is called war. America's done it look, for centuries. Um, well, decades. Yeah. <laughs> well, centuries, yeah, a couple hundred. But either way, the accusation which resonates with claims made by Israel's critics and enemies, including the International Court of Justice at The Hague, was part of Blinken's prepared text. It was not a gaffe. Or an off-the-cup remark. Again, the point is, he planned it, he said it, 
And what he's saying is he's coming out and trying to almost you know, look diplomatic and be nice about it. He's saying the Jews are just as bad as what Hamas did. That is a that is such a Unbelievable. lie. It is demonic. It is angering, yeah. and it just it drives me nuts. And I'm uh, anyway. Okay. I, I, this stuff drives me crazy. Well, let's go to the Jerusalem Post. This article dated February 9th. Biden gives Israel 45 days. How generous of him to submit a report on international law violations. Yeah. Again, now look what this is saying. Yeah, that they that they Why they, you they violated international yes, yes. law. What by even by even doing this, Greg? What he's saying is, you we believe you violated international law. They have not violated international law. This is war. Let me read some of this. Uh, again, we talked about everybody turning against them. This is America is now turning against Israel. We're, you're now seeing it full fledged. Our president, the, the, they're all the, and, and there's other articles I've been looking at all day. They are they're just full fledged turning against Israel. And it's going to bring God's judgment down on them because God says, you bless Israel, I'll bless you, curse Israel, I'll curse. The problem is we're in the middle of that. But anyway, yeah. administration officials have repeated that one innocent life killed is too many. But uh, again, I guess they're talking about abortion here. Uh, the administration officials repeated that one innocent life killed is too many. They must be talking about abortion. Could be. Oh, no, no, no. No, they're talking about it in, in, in Gaza. I'm sorry. Oh. Let me get back focused here. Okay, yes. here we go. Administration officials have repeated that one innocent life is uh, killed is too many, but have stopped short of implying that Israel is in violation of international law. Yes, but by asking the question, that's what you just said. President Joe Biden issued a memorandum on Thursday night asking uh, countries receiving U.S. military funding to prove they're following international humanitarian and human rights laws. Look what they did. This is so evil sneaky. They, they ask countries receiving U.S. military as if we're not only really singling out Israel, but it just so happens they're the one at war that everybody's concerned about. So all of you guys let us know, is anybody here in this room doing anything that's against humanitarian aid, maybe against international law? Is there anybody? Is, could there be a possibility? Is he maybe, maybe been accused of that? Is anybody out there? Anybody could be. I mean, this is so obvious. It's just, again, I'm fired up, but I don't care. I'm under control. Trust me, all my listeners, I'm under control. Okay. I'm just fired up. So don't worry about me, Greg. Anyway, uh, the, the timing and the memorandum coincides with President Biden's unscheduled press conference where he took reporters' questions on the Hamas-Israel Hamas war, saying Israel's response is over the top. What are you talking about? They cut people's heads off. They cut children's heads off. They put a baby in an oven and cooked it alive. They raped women repeatedly until they broke their bones. What You, you tell me what's over the top. Let's go on. Members of Congress raised concern over Israel's human rights violations, the Post previously reported. Led by, of course, none other than Rashida Tlaib, who hates Israel and, you know, and God. Several progressive Democratic members issued a letter to Biden and the Government Accountability Office requesting an assessment of the State Department's compliance with the Leahy laws and conventional arms transfer uh, policies regarding security assistance to the Israeli government. Yeah. The enemies of Israel, the enemies of God, they're always going to be raising their voice. We've got to stand with God and stand with God's people and God's promises. And again, we're right on target. What did the Bible say? The whole world's going to turn on them. And now we're watching our nation actively falsely accusing Israel of things they didn't do. Look, are the Jews perfect? No way. Have they done things wrong? Absolutely. Do Christians stand with them in what they do wrong? No. But do we stand with Israel whether they do right or wrong? Yes, because God commanded us to. And God said, look, it's not about whether they're doing right or wrong, and we don't stand in the wrong. I want to repeat that. But it's not about whether we stand in the right or wrong. He said, you, if you're going to obey me, you are to stand with the nation of Israel till the very end, even till the second coming, God said. And that's what we're supposed to do. All right. Our next article comes from Breitbart.com, dated February 9th. Quote, unquote, stabbed in the back. A Biden aide tells Muslims basically our government has no confidence in israeli's government here it is here it is again look what's happening we are stabbing israel in the back but it's the audience that they spoke to that's important well, and to again, note and again i i recognize that politics are at play but yes. greg when you lay down your convictions I know. for politics it says a lot about your character yes it does a senior aide to president joe biden told arab and muslim americans in dearborn michigan which is the highest concentration of the muslim popular uh, popular uh, population in america this week, that the administration had no confidence in Israel's government. So we, we have no confidence in Netanyahu or anybody there. This is, what a slap in their face, okay? We have no confidence that, to agree to a Palestinian state and that the U.S. has regrets about the war in Gaza. Again, I, I, there is nobody right now that wants a Palestinian state. There may be some over there, the most liberal, but I mean, they just wiped, they just did this horrible atrocity. They're not going to want them to be living next door. Dearborn has been a hotbed of radicalism. An open support for Hamas terrorists, 
who launched the war with a brutal attack October 7th. They killed roughly 1,200 Israelis. Uh, but Arab and Muslim American votes are important in the swing state of Michigan. Therefore, the Biden campaign and Biden administration blurring the line between partisan politics and foreign policy that it pretends to uphold elsewhere have tried to appease Arab and Muslim voters in Michigan with increasingly anti-Israel stances. He expressed regrets for missteps in the administration's support for Israel. Again, we, 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 we have misstepped in our support for How? How have you misstepped in your support? All you've done is support them. Israel's done nothing wrong, so there's nothing for a misstep. Again, the whole thing uh, is is so upsetting. I'm just so glad to know. And this is where I come back to my my that 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 um, your balance point. You're, you get back to equilibrium is knowing that the Lord is in control and he's on the throne. Well, don't just hit your balance point just yet, because we've got a few more articles for you to fume over. Uh, this next one it's is... It's rave day. This, yes, it is. Uh, this is from Yahoo.com, dated February 11th. This is a report that uh, says that Biden is nearing a quote-unquote breach with Netanyahu over the Gaza war. Here it goes. It's, again, we're standing against Israel. It's heating up. President Joe Biden is warming to the idea of being more publicly critical of Israel, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as his country's assault on Gaza continues. You mean, as yes, as his country's defense and cleaning out of the wicked people of Gaza continues. Uh, not everybody in Gaza is wicked. I'm not saying that. I want to be clear on that. I'm talking about the wicked people of Hamas. The paper reported that Biden is becoming increasingly frustrated with Netanyahu, citing interviews with multiple sources familiar with internal White House discussions per the Post. The president and his aides are no longer viewing Netanyahu as a productive partner who can influence uh, he can influence even in private. In other words, even though I'm using the muscle of America, Netanyahu has made up his mind. We're going to do what's best for Israel. Well, good for Netanyahu, because they need to do what's best for Israel, because nobody else cares about him except the, the Christians. And that's a fact. Uh, our last article in the America category, Pastor Mark, I think touches on what you had originally talked about, thinking we, we might have not have an article on this. Right, this is from JNS.org. U.S. and Arabs are, quote-unquote, rushing oh, a plan in to establish a Palestinian state. Yes. So this is essentially what you were talking yes, about, Yes, and right? I'm glad we have the okay. article. The yes. Biden administration, it says, is preparing, note this, Greg, to make a major push for Palestinian statehood. Note this, if a Gaza ceasefire agreement being negotiated in Cairo this week takes effect. This is why Netanyahu came out and said, no way. We're going to have nothing to do with that agreement. This is one of the reasons. Number one, he's not going to agree to it because they need the hostages back. But number two, you know, people say they should stop. We'll give the hostages back, and then they'll stop. They said that. But number two, he knows now that if they do the ceasefire, they're going to try to push a Palestinian state on him. It's going to happen either way, but according to the Washington Post... The United States and its Arab partners are rushing to finalize the plan to establish a Palestinian state. A plan that can be announced in the next few weeks. With hopes that a deal to release the remaining 134 hostages held by Hamas terrorists in Gaza in exchange for a six-week pause in fighting takes effect before Ramadan, which begins on March 10th, give a day or two. Negotiations in Cairo on a hostage-for-ceasefire deal have been extended until Friday. However, the lower-level officials are participating after Tuesday's initial summit, which included high-ranking representatives from Egypt, Israel, Qatar, uh, and the United States. There is, uh, Qatar, there is an urgency to reach the agreement because Jerusalem is ready for a major offensive in Rafah. Now, they don't want to go into Rafah because that's going to totally, that'll just, that'll end Hamas. That's where they're all hiding. They've all been pushed to. So the world's going, don't go into Rafah. Don't go in there. They don't want them to take Hamas completely out. You can see the fight now from Satan really take, kicking in. It's the last Hamas stronghold in the Gaza Strip. While Israel's working on an evacuation plan for 1.5 million civilians sheltered in the city ahead of battle, fears are mounting in the western capitals, capitals about the toll of the fighting that could take the non-combatant population. Uh, Netanyahu on Wednesday dismissed reports of progress in the Cairo talks, with his office issuing a statement saying that Jerusalem did not receive any proposal from Hamas on releasing the hostages and that the premier insists Israel will not give in Hamas delusional demands. So he's putting his flag down. Nope, we're not going to do it. Um, they're pushing for it. And, Greg, here's the thing. They're trying to use their uh, religious holiday of Ramadan to say, look, you need to quit fighting, blah, blah, blah. Well, it, you know what? Their enemies, when they've attacked them over the years, it's always been on Jewish they didn't holidays. care about Jewish yes. holidays. They've attacked on Yom Kippur. They've attacked on all these different feasts. So, again, they're asking Israel to do something that their enemies have never done. Israel needs to stay on point and finish the job. And I hope Netanyahu is, has the resolve to do it. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who has found a balance between ranting and raving, <laughs> all the while helping us understand the signs of the times. It's our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAMLP Knoxville. It's a weekly broadcast that will become podcast number 298.
available to subscribe and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And now, you've got mail. Our question this week, Pastor Mark, comes from Elizabeth, who enjoys Signs of the Times in Seymour, and her question is about the third heaven. Yes. She says, Pastor Mark touched on the third heaven in his teaching this past Sunday, This made me realize I am not clear on where exactly those of us who have given our lives to Christ will spend eternity, after the millennial kingdom will be on a new earth or in the third heaven. Also, when the Bible refers to a new heaven and new earth in Revelation 21, do we know which heaven or heavens the verse is referring to? Since the third heaven is currently where God abides, does that mean at, uh, does that mean it has not been tainted by sin, thus wouldn't need to be remade? Can you help clear up these concepts for me? Yes, let's let's kind of work through this. Yeah. Again, a, kind of a complex, but, but not that complex, but okay. I want to try to hit all the implements. So I want to make sure I don't leave anything out. There's, there's two things to look at. There's the current earth and heaven, or heavens, and then there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven created at the very end. So we're in the first earth and heaven. And the Bible talks about, we're reading in just a moment, Revelation 21, Elizabeth, of the new earth and the new heaven. So the Bible breaks up right now our current created universe, created everything, up into three categories, three heavens. It says that the first heaven is where all the birds fly. That's right here around the earth. That's our current atmosphere. The second heaven is where all the stars are. Okay. Um, Not Hollywood, but up in the universe where, again, you've got all the planets and all that kind of stuff. That's the second heaven. Because believe me, there's no heaven in Hollywood. Um, and the third heaven, the Bible says, is where God currently abides. That's the, the abode of God. And we see that again in Second um, Corinthians 12.2, where Paul talks about leaving the body and going to the third heaven and seeing heaven and inexpressible things, etc. So that's the way the three heavens are broken up. Now, before we get to the new heaven and new earth, when we die today, Corinthians tells us that when we die today, we go to be with God in the third heaven. Okay, that is where God is. We go to that third heaven where God is when we die. So we go above the universe, leave this earth, we're in the third heaven. We will be there, and when the rapture takes place, we'll all go to that same third heaven that's currently in existence. We'll have the wedding supper of the Lamb. The Lord will come back to the earth. Those three heavens will remain in place for another thousand years. Jesus will establish his throne on the earth. He will be here no doubt the spirit of the Father will still be in the third heaven and also here, because the spirit is everywhere. How that will all be broken out, we'll see when we, when we get there. But that he'll, reign, he'll rule and reign for a thousand years on this earth with these current three heavens in place where we are. And then the Bible says, and I'll get back to your question about the tainting or whatever. Then the Bible says in Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Okay. So it says, first of all, God destroys them. He says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So at the end of that thousand years, the Lord is going to totally annihilate and wipe out the first heaven and earth and just wipe it out. Now, it doesn't talk about the second and third heaven, but I think they're going to be wiped out and cleansed as well. I'll, I'll tell you why in just a moment. Only God knows. But let me go on. So I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven as prepared for a bride. And so now from that point on, I won't read all of it. The Bible says there will be a new heaven and a new earth that will be, that will be here forever. And that's where we spend what we call heaven forever after the thousand-year reign. Now, here's where the question comes in, and you had a very good question about the third heaven. Has it been tainted? Do we need a, a new abode for God, or will it be the same one? I, you know, I guess you, you, there could be maybe an argument made theologically that that heaven doesn't need to be replaced, and even the stars and all that. I personally believe that God will wipe out the earth and all three heavens. Okay, when he does that, make sure there's not the plural here on that, no new heaven. But I believe he's going to take out all three, and here's why. I think he's going to create a brand new abode of God. And a brand new earth, and you say, well, why would that be? It's not been tainted. Well, I believe possibly you could make an argument that it has. Um, and I'll give you the, where that happened. When the fallen angels, when Satan and the fallen angels, when they conceived sin in their heart, they were in the third heaven. And there could be a theological argument that at that point, the third heaven was even tainted because they were there and their hearts turned against God. And so now you have, and they were immediately kicked out. Now, we know that when Jesus touched lepers and touched all those, he was never defiled by the unclean because the moment he touched them, they were cleansed. So it could be that the moment they sinned, they were cast out so that heaven wasn't tainted, right? There's that possibility. There's also the possibility that there was some level of disruption or tainting that took place when that happened. And if that's the case, I believe you're going to see God recreate that third heaven so that, so that all of created being, the third heaven, the earth, the heaven, everything will be non-tainted 
by any sin whatsoever. He said, what about the second heaven where all the stars are? That hadn't been tainted. Well, right now, that's where the demonic realm flies around in there all the time. They pass back and forth between heaven and earth. The Bible says that the demonic realm goes, if you, I guess I'll use this terminology, in the foyer of heaven. They make appeals to God, like when they tried to attack Job and other people. So they're still going at least to the, some area near the third heaven, which could argue again for a possible tainting and a need to rebuild. God allows them to make their appeals and they do whatever. But we know they're traveling through the second heaven to do that because they come back down to the first heaven, which is here on earth. So it would appear to me that all three have been tainted, although I would entertain the argument that somehow God's kept the third one pure, and maybe there's something I'm missing on that, but I believe that he's going to wipe everything out, make a brand new earth, a new heaven, and the abode of God, everything fresh and clean, untainted by the demonic realm for the rest of eternity. So some of these things we won't know the answers to until we get there. Some of it we can know because the Bible tells us. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for your question. And if you've got a question like Elizabeth, just find your way to the Way Media app or the WayMedia.net. Click Signs of the Times and you can send us your prophecy question and we will answer it on our next broadcast. Why can't we be friends? Well, here could be one reason. This is from Israel 365 News, dated February 8th. Anti-Semitic incidents in January. We're just talking about in January, one month. Yeah. Rose 171% globally from the previous year. Wow. That's just amazing. I mean, that's just in one month. It shows you how aggressive the world's being against the Jews right now. Again, not much to comment on this, Greg, other than researchers yeah. found an average rate of 15.1 events a day. 15 um, a day. 15 a day, yes. And so, so the thing is, is that remember, Matthew 24... Zechariah 12, we already pointed it out, there's going to be a growing and increased hatred for the Jews the closer we get to the second coming of Christ. And our job as believers is to stand with them, to support them, if need be, to protect them, because God commanded us to, and God said many of them are going to come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and be saved, so we're to treat them as future family and love them. And that is talked about in Zechariah chapter 12, yes. correct? Yes, okay. Very good. Uh, let's get to some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Our first story uh, comes from AccuWeather.com, dated February 7th. They're not prophetic, but they are prognosticators of the weather. Yes. Nearly 500 mudslides in California as deadly storm damage may reach $11 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars. You know, California just gets hammered time after time after time. And again, I you, you want to be careful yeah, about it's what hard. you say. Uh, God's doing this, not whatever. But, but at the same time, well, in the fallen, the fallen earth that we live in, yes. And 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 but at the same time, they are so aggressively yes. against God, yeah. That I do believe you can comfortably say when you turn away from God, you're going to bring consequences and curses on where you are. If you honor God, God honors you. If you dishonor God, you won't be honored. So I'm going to stay away from the the, the word judgment. I'm just going to say, look. You need God. You need to be supporting God and have God supporting you if you want blessing. And California is constantly seeing some type of just disaster on a regular basis. An atmospheric river unleashed record rainfall in California, causing over 100 mudslides with winds gushing up to 160 miles an hour. That's I mean, that's like hurricane. That's like big mm-hmm. hurricane. That's, that's yeah. Category 5 stuff uh, in the mountains. Now, again, you know, Romans 8.22, and, and that's what I want to bring in now. California or anywhere else. The Bible says because of the fall, it's not just mankind groaning because we're in these bodies that are getting old and wearing out. We're going back to dust. But the earth itself is groaning, and you're going to see an increased groaning and contractions giving birth to the new kingdom for Jesus to come back. You're going to see it in California. You're going to see it everywhere. You'll see some of it here in Tennessee. You're going to see the earth around the globe groaning because the earth is now desiring for the Lord to come back and restore it. It's amazing to me that even creation goes, I had it. You know, it's like, enough, enough, enough. It's like, you know, say, stop your belly aching. Well, you know, that's, that's your whole inner core there. You know, it's like, yes. I, no, I can't help it. We're going to belly ache until we contract and give birth to the new kingdom. And that's what we can expect. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark, our next article uh, comes from Yahoo.com, dated February 11th. Brazil has a dengue emergency portending a health crisis for all of the Americas. Yeah, this is interesting, again, in light of Matthew 24. Remember, the Bible says in the last days, you're going to see more and more 
uh, plagues coming upon the earth, seeing things that we really haven't had to worry about in America. We see just in other nations. But now that we're becoming like all the other nations and trying to put God out, we're going to start seeing the same lack of protection and same things happening here that I believe God's been protecting us from. It says Brazil is experiencing an enormous outbreak of dengue fever, uh, sometimes a, a sometimes fatal mosquito-borne disease. Public health experts say as its harbinger of a coming surge in cases in the Americas, including Puerto Rico. And I quote, when we see waves in one country, we'll generally see waves in other countries. That's how interconnected we are, said Albert Coe, an expert on dengue in Brazil and professor of public health at Yale University. But let me add to this. Also, when you see people releasing tens of millions of mosquitoes into our atmosphere that are supposedly supposed to be doing things genetically uh, to the other mosquitoes. We now know that Bill Gates has this major thing going. He's releasing multi-millions of mosquitoes in Florida and other places that supposedly have antidotes so that when they bite you, they actually give you a shot and give you an antidote to keep you from getting certain things. So they're trying to use the DNA ge- genetics, whatever, to protect the people. So Who asked him? Listen, that's the thing. But let's say this. We know that mosquitoes, again, um, Greg, historically spread disease because they take blood from one person, they put it in another, they bite different people, they move around, animals, people, etc. I mean, when you've got disease spreading around the world, what could go wrong? With taking multi-millions of mosquitoes and just releasing more into the United States of America. What could possibly hurt with that? I can't think of anything. The insanity and the lack of, again, you wonder how much is on purpose, how much is totally ignorant, how much is blind, I don't know. But again, I look at the, 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 for somebody who's supposed to be so smart and has... Enabled by whatever means you want to say, this mass of of finances that he has, yeah. I, I this is some of the most foolish stuff I've ever seen in my life. It's either a total foolishness and blindness, or there's an agenda behind it. And again, uh, you know, I, I believe there's an agenda behind it. But either way, here we go. Well, foolishness lives at the intersection of arrogance and ignorance. Yep, I didn't. I guess I hadn't thought about that, but you know the roadmap better than I am. <laughs> yes. got, you know, you got your, because uh, I've been I've been foolish more than enough times for all of us. Man's maps are up, brother. <laughs> your app is up, and so here we go. Yeah, just amazing, amazing, it, amazing. It is. Now this article comes to us in the church category, although I don't know if this is really church, but maybe it is. We'll let you be the judge. We go to LifeNews.com, dated February 4th. Taylor Swift says she's a Christian, and people with real Christian values support abortion. Wow. I did not know that. Wow, wow, wow. This is so against the Bible. This is so anti-Bible. I want, listen, I, I want to say this is not just, I'm not, this is not for some personal attack on Taylor Swift. I know she's no. so popular right now and all this going on, but I'm saying, here's the danger to me in this, Greg, before I even get into the article, somebody that's this popular in the world who claims to be a Christian but supports things that the devil supports. And stands on the side of the enemy. That is huge. Because what it reveals is is that she truly doesn't know the Lord. Because you can't really know the Lord and support abortion. And the influence that she has over so many. Yeah, you can't can't know the Lord and support the killing of innocent babies. So it shows she doesn't know the Lord. But the thing is, it's kind of like what we have in the South. A lot of people who think they know God and don't because they claim to be a Christian. Just saying you're a Christian doesn't do it. Do you believe the Word of God? Now, I don't say that everybody that's a true Christian knows the Bible yet. There, there's a lot of people who don't really know it, and they're true Christians. So, and, and, and maybe you could get saved, and maybe for a little while think that abortion's in line with God's Word because you don't know it yet. That could happen. You could be a Christian and believe in abortion, I think, for until you read the Bible. But once you have the Bible, and you see that the Bible says that um, God knew us and formed us, He knew us before the foundation of the earth. So before the earth was even created, He knew every baby. And then when you see what he says, that in the womb, he forms every baby. Once you know that, I mean, you have a choice to make. You're either going to choose to follow God or reject him. Because now you see clearly, yeah, every every baby in the womb really is a baby. There's no age. It doesn't, it doesn't start at this many yeah. weeks. It doesn't whatever. No, it's before the foundation. God said yeah. to Jeremiah, before you were in the womb, right. Jeremiah. I knew you. I knew you. And and God speaks to, remember, uh, Rebecca with the two kids fighting there in, in you know, Jacob and Esau fighting in, in her womb and he said and it says the children in your womb are two nations he didn't say the fetus he didn't say the right. things the blob of whatever he the said blob, the children yeah. so we have to understand i i believe you could be deceived initially and and so if she just got saved yeah. and doesn't know the bible yeah maybe but if if you've been claiming to be a christian and you know the bible then this just shows you don't really know the lord right it says in a new netflix documentary about her life miss americana 
Swift insists that she is a Christian, even though she promotes political causes that go against God and go against the Bible. The celebrity has been increasingly vocal about her political beliefs over the past several years. In August, she told The Guardian that she supports legalized abortion. Well, there you're going right against Jesus Christ. Um, And she said, obviously, I'm pro-choice. Again, you're going directly against Jesus Christ. A year earlier, she endorsed Democrat Phil Bredesen in Tennessee, the Tennessee state race against Republican Marsha Blackburn, a leading pro-life advocate. Blackburn won won anyway and continues to be a strong voice for life in the U.S. Senate. In the documentary, the new documentary, Swift talked about that moment when she decided to become more vocal politically. And I quote, one clip from the film shows Swift. No, this is according to CBN. I'm sorry, um, um, which is uh, um, uh, 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 Christian Broadcasting. One clip from the film shows Swift trying to explain what led her to speak out on her political beliefs, particularly her endorsement of Democrat Phil Bredesen in 2018 of the Senate race against pro-life Republican Marsha Blackburn. And I quote, this was a situation where from a humanity perspective and from what my moral compass was telling me, I needed to do it. Mm. I knew I was right and I really didn't care about repercussions. Okay, here's the problem. You were wrong. You say you knew you were right. And it's interesting, Greg, the Bible says... There were, there's a way that seems right in the eyes of man. That's right. But in the end, it leads to his destruction. Taylor Swift, unless she repents of this, is on a road to destruction. I'm not attacking her personally. And again, if you're getting upset because she's popular and you like her music, then you might want to check where your walk is with God. Because this is about God and mankind. And somebody with this kind of influence, um, if she convinces young ladies that this is something that's okay and can still be Christian... She is condemning souls. Yeah. That is a huge, what did the Lord say? Better a millstone hung yeah. around your neck and thrown in the sea than you cause one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. So if you take these Christians who believe in God and they take some hero like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and they believe in her, I mean, Jesus put a very, very heavy price and penalty on that. It's not a game. This is yeah. serious business. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Taylor knows uh, that the Bible talks about abortion. It, 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 it gives us examples of abortion in the Bible. The only problem that Taylor doesn't know is that every instance of, of abortion in the Bible was not about pleasing God, and God was not pleased by it, but it was to appease the false gods yeah. as a sacrifice. That's right. That's right. That's so right. that's the difference. That's right. There were multiple uh, offerings of babies um, and really, Greg, I, I, you know, I think this is the same thing today. Oh, sure. Abortion yeah. is the same thing when they would offer their babies to other gods to kill them. They were told, if you do this, it'll go well with you. You'll, you, you'll be blessed, whatever, this kind of thing. And they would offer to the gods for favor. I, you know, when I think when women go in for an abortion today, they're probably not thinking about an offering no, to the gods and not whatever. At all. But, but the same lie is being told. And that is, you know what? It's going to go better for you if you just kill this baby because you don't, you can't take care of it. You don't have the money. You don't have the time. This is not whatever the case might be. But it's amazing to me to see that at least what we call a civilized, um, um, you know, uh, population and, and, and country could say that killing children is acceptable in any measure and for any reason. It is murder. That's that's the bottom line. And again, I know that a lot of people might get upset by this because they're involved politically. But even when you talk about rape and incest, that's wrong. There should not be an abortion even allowed for rape and incest, not because it wasn't a horrible thing that happened to them, but it's still murder. In other words. Somebody did something horrible by raping someone. Somebody did something horrible by incest. You don't make now somebody else suffer in addition to that person's sin. Now you're adding sin on top of sin. You need to take that precious baby, try to raise them and lead them to Christ and give them a home and give them a chance, although the way they came was something horrible. When you say, as you've surveyed the entire Bible, Pastor Mark, that the instances in the Bible that tell us about children that were not wanted but lived, that God did great things with them. Yeah, we have a lot of testimonies like that. Absolutely. I mean, some of the testimonies, Greg, I think about some of the people that haven't been born and what, what God had planned for the world to bless us, and now we didn't get it because we we, we, we ruined that life. We took that life away. Yeah. So, yes, I, I just think, again... There's lots of instances in the Bible that tell us about And let's that. get back to what yeah. the root is. A lot, people, yeah. See, people get political, and they start taking sides up and get emotional. Probably there's even some that just heard me make the statement about rape and incest, and, and maybe it upsets you. But let me reason with you for a moment. Maybe because they've been raped or had his... Yeah, yeah. which again, my heart goes out and breaks for them. But let me go back to God and his creation. The Bible says God decided to create mankind in his image. It is something sacred. As God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, 
Mankind is body, soul, spirit. He even gave us a trinity in our creation. So we are made in the image of God. That is, you know, we don't look like God. He's spirit. But we have God's characteristics. We have emotion. We have love. We have all the things that goes with that. We're, we're made, we can think. We're, we're free agency. We make choices. God made us in his image in that sense. So what Satan said is, okay, I'm going to take the things that God made in his image that he cherishes and kill them at whatever, in whatever means. For whatever reason, God said, no, no, life is precious. And anyone that takes a life, their life should be taken. What we've done, so that means even in those kind of cases with rape and incest. So what that means is if we go and take a life because some horrible sin has taken place, like in those two instances, if we take a life, then we are guilty of murder before God. We're saying we approve that murder, but we don't approve this murder. No, murder is murder. And you can never approve murder. Now, remember, there's two different words in Hebrew for for taking a life. There's murder and there's killing. The Bible does not forbid righteous killing. You say, well, Mark, what's righteous killing? Well, things such as if somebody murders someone or rapes someone, the Bible says they're to be put to death. That's the death penalty. That's referred to as a righteous killing. You're righteously, in God's eyes, bringing judgment and ending that life that did that horrible atrocity. But murder is very different. It's a different word. And what it means is you're taking a life with no reason that's righteous to take it. You can't give me a righteous reason for killing a baby in the womb, even if that baby came about by, by incest and rape. There's not a righteous. What happened was was horrible. Right. And our heart goes out to those. Yep. But there is no righteous biblical reason now to go and say we're going to kill this baby. So it has to be at that point it has to be murder, which falls back in the category of what does the Bible say in the Ten Commandments? It doesn't say thou shalt not kill, although you read that in your Bible. The word in the Hebrew is thou shalt not murder. And so as hard as that may sound, that's God's guidance and that's God's direction. All right, let's wrap up this edition of Signs of the Times with some Good news. This is from ChristianHeadlines.com, dated February 7th. Zach Williams, he's a Christian artist, on his prodigal journey says that Jesus saved him from drugs and alcohol. Yes, like the wayward son in the biblical story, Williams walked away from his family as a young adult, rejecting the faith and values that had been taught him so much from birth. He got hooked on marijuana and became a heavy drinker, formed a southern rock band, and toured the world, Mm. and then realized he had a hole in his soul that could not be filled except by Jesus. Williams goes in detail about his road to redemption in the new book, Rescue Story, uh, Faith, Freedom, and Finding My Way Home. It will be released February 27th. Uh, the Christian artist who has a string of hits in recent years has inspired millions, including five that reached number one of the Billboard Christian Airplay charts. Um, again, uh, a chain breaker, old church choir, and there, was, and there was Jesus, a collaboration with Dolly Parton. They stayed, stayed atop the charts for the longest. He even won two Grammys. Um, my dad, he said, was a worship leader. My mom sang in church. Uh, he said he experienced God in church as a youngster and like others walked away. He said, when I turned 18, I ran as fast as I could for a number of years. Uh, and he says, I was one of those guys that for about seven or eight years of my life didn't go a day without smoking pot. And it's just, I, I lived how I lived and functioned. He said, my dad owned a construction business. And as for me, it was only the only thing that made me that made going and getting on a construction site any fun. Mm. It was just like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to be high all day long. Anyway, the point is, he repented, he received Christ, and now he's giving God all the glory. And look, there may be some of you, that's a great God story here by Zach Williams. Maybe some of you listening right now have this in your life. Maybe you tuned in, you're listening, you're, you're involved in sin, you know that God would have you turn away from, and today God is saying, I love you. I love you, and I will forgive you. All you've got to do is confess your sin and repent, Believe Jesus died for you on the cross, ask forgiveness of your sins, and the Bible says you will be born again. And I would encourage you to do that today if you've not done that. And if you don't have a home church, I would encourage you to come visit Calvary Chapel. Give us a call, 865-609-1385. You'll find us online, Calvary Chapel, uh, Calvary Knoxville slash Calvary Chapel. It's written both ways. Uh, we would love to, to help you if you want to call, you want to speak to a pastor, uh, you want someone to speak to, whatever. Uh, the appeal is is that Jesus loves you, and he's ready to receive you and forgive you, even as he did Zach Williams. And again, Greg, what a great story. We hear testimonies like this all the time. And this kind of thing is only done by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And it's available for anyone that will run to him today for that power. And God will give you that power, not just uh, for the purpose of salvation, but for the purpose that you can break free of these strongholds that in your in your life. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so again, and, and for the believer, that's for the yes. unbeliever. For the believer, if you have those strongholds, yes. run to Jesus 
Ask him to give you the power to turn away and then run and repent. Turn away from these things. Now's not a time to be, never is a time to be walking in sin, but especially now when we see how the world is going, more than ever, we need to be honoring Christ and walking with Jesus. So I encourage you, make that recommitment. If you hadn't made it, turn your life over to the Lord. And again, um, you know, we, we'd love to have you visit us if you don't have a home church. All right. Pastor Mark, thank you so much as always for informing us on what is happening in the world according to God's prophetic word. And we invite all of you to visit the waymedia.net where you can get all things, not only signs of the times related, but the teachings of Pastor Mark from the pulpit of Calvary Knoxville, as well as listen to our radio station, WIAM, 24 hours a day. And we hope to see you back here next Friday at 1.30 as we discuss more signs of the times. Times right here on WIAM.